0: Hello and welcome to the Edge and Beyond, the series that makes sense of use cases across industries, brought to you by the Network and Edge Solutions Group. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney, and today we're talking about IOTech Systems and Edge Software Provider great conversation we're about to embark on. We will, of course, explore trending use cases and innovation enabled by Intel's Network and Edge Solutions Group pertaining to this title. And I am pleased to bring on two fabulous guests who will be able to help me with this conversation. We have IOTech Systems CTO, Jim White, and Intel product engineer, Sean Williams. Thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Thanks thanks, for having, Thank you for having us, Michelle.
0: It's a pleasure, and before we get Embarking on this conversation at hand, can I get a little bio from both of you, Jim and Sean, uh, what people can expect from the person they're about to hear from, if we could just hear a brief background, maybe Jim, starting with you?
1: Sure. Um, So prior to being CTO of uh, IoTech, Michelle, I was at Dell, where I, uh, along with another co-founder, started EdgeX Foundry. To date, the largest open source effort in the IoT space, and that's kind of gotten my career launched in this Edge IoT world. And Sean? Okay, so um, I'm a I'm product marketing engineer. I'm a part of the Networking
2: Edge group, formerly IoTG, and uh, primarily focused on Edge solutions, open source software, and helping enable partners to develop and innovate new technologies with some of these platforms.
0: So Jim, you've been in the IoT space for several years. Can you share some of the biggest opportunities maybe that you've seen with IoT in the last several years?
1: Yeah, I think the the phrase that I use often, Michelle, with folks that that we talk to, including customers, is playtime is over. Uh, We're really seeing um, IoT and Edge emerge as technologies that companies are no longer playing and experimenting with. They're now putting uh, solutions in the field. So Playtime's over, they're having to put things out there that are actually scalable, uh, working, getting uh, real results uh, with their money. So trying to find a a solution that involves multiple sensors, what we call sensor fusion, might include things like cameras, which is something we'll talk about today as our work with Intel includes, um, bringing together analytics, the cloud, bringing everything together in a solution that just kind of works, uh, if not out of the box, as close to out of the box as possible, uh, and and getting things to work in a way that uh, addresses the enormous scale that the edge includes.
0: Okay, so let's go a bit deeper, if we can, at exploring IoT devices and maybe how all-in-one systems are becoming more in demand. And Sean, I'd love to get some insights from you on this.
2: Uh, uh, Thanks. Uh, Excellent question. So kind of piggybacking off of what Jim was saying is that, You know, not um, the the phrase all-in-one, but a common platform, a common solution, right, that can solve, if not all, some of their use cases or or a majority of them. Particularly, we can find sometimes companies will have five different solutions, solving five different use cases, but neither one of those solutions can talk to each other or share data. And that's kind of where uh, EdgeX comes in at. It's a common platform that allows you to talk to heterogeneous devices that can then solve heterogeneous, or different type of uh, of use cases. Uh, For example, if you're dealing with RFID and you do want to do inventory management, there's connectors for EdgeX that allows you to to create a solution for that. If you're doing video analytics at the edge and you want connectors for IP cameras, there's device connectors that EdgeX provide that allow you to do that. And not only allow you to to do that for solving those two use cases, that data from both are shared and sent back to that common platform to develop even more sophisticated solutions that uh, coincide with the, the data fusion that Jen was referring to.
0: So it all sounds great, but putting it into practice really is where it all comes together because if it's not practical and it doesn't actually work, then it's not beneficial. So let's talk about maybe some use cases and benefits that are driving more end users to seek out IoT devices.
1: Yeah, I think. That's what's kind of been surprising from our perspective, and I'll let that Sean comment on this as well, Michelle. But I think, you know, when I envisioned EdgeX and started to put together the pieces of EdgeX on my kitchen table, literally, I did not envision all of the use cases and all of the types of organizations that would ultimately take advantage of it. Um, you know, we were thinking about industrial use cases and factories and typical you know, devices and, and sensors you would find in those environments. But we're seeing um, EdgeX and these kinds of solutions now being used in retail and in healthcare. Uh, we're talking to energy companies. The, the The amount of use cases and the spread that EdgeX now covers is really, it, it's awe-inspiring and of course uh, pretty humbled by the community out there.
0: Sean, so, did you want to chime in there?
1: I want to kind of focus on the, the benefits first, right? So with the IoT as Devices
2: and Solutions, you're closer to the point of interaction. Well, what, why is that important? You have that data you can process locally for quick decisions, near real-time decisions. And there may be some use cases I can talk about that gives an example of that. Uh, other benefits of, of having that is it can be cost-effective, right? So you may have you know, large amounts of data that you, if you're doing it from the cloud perspective, you're going to send all that data to the cloud. That can be expensive. You have to store all the data to the cloud. That could be just, just uh, expensive, and that may not be the necessary solution that solves your case. You can do all that processing and storage locally, so therefore it also provides some, some cost benefits. So as far as use cases go, it goes back to the point of quick decision making. So there's a use case, say for instance in healthcare, where patients are prone for falling or tripping in their rooms. You want to be able to have that data and get that information as quick as possible to the nursing station so they can have some mitigating factors. Other type of use cases for IoT Edge devices is when the connectivity is intermittent or there's strained resources for bandwidth. Say, for instance, it's deployed out in rural areas. So decoupling that need for the network and being able to process that data where you have these IoT devices collecting all that locally is also advantages for uh, for IoT Edge devices. And third, uh, in certain scenarios, as far as uh, security, we just talked about sending uh, you know, large amounts of data to the cloud. Well, removing that and that aspect of vulnerability, it allows you to store that data locally and provide some secure uh, mechanisms around that. So those are some of the, the benefits and the use cases uh, that i see are, are very um um beneficial to to the solutions of iot yeah, absolutely
0: jim you talked about the surprise that you had with regard to just how applicable this technology is for so many people in so many different factors so let's talk about how using iot devices and open source are really helping to shape the industry
1: yeah i think um As with almost any aspect where we see software today, um, we view open source as being kind of a critical building block to our edge platforms, and we're seeing that to be kind of a universal story across many organizations. Um, As in most software platforms, um, crowdsourced, vetted, meat-and-potatoes type of software is really what um, people are looking for. You don't make an investment into a, a software platform day from scratch uh and have a lot of value there there are certain things you just need to get done and that's what that's what the uh, open source software does and that's what um open source software in the iot and edge space does it provides the meat potatoes for organizations like iotech like intel like others to then come and add value on top allow the open community to work together to develop this capability that provides the base, and then have better IP on top of that. It provides for um, kind of an unofficial, if not official, standard uh, around things like APIs, interfaces that provide better interoperability. It gives you better vetted software, which means improved things like security. When you do something in the open, you have public, critically reviewed means to Uh, understand how that software is going to work and what kinds of things it's going to encounter and it's up for the task and so that's why we view open source software as being a critical component um, not only at the edge and, and the iot space but i think we're seeing that universally in the world today
0: so clearly there are challenges and there are solutions and that's why we're here talking about those open source solutions but let me ask you this what improvements can be made for how companies are using those open source solutions
1: yeah, I think, Michelle, that's that's where, you know, as a creator of an open source package and as a user of a lot of open source, this is where I get a little bit frustrated because I, I often tell people, you know, yes, open source is free, right? That's what we all think about when we look at open source capability, um, but it's free like the cookies you get after you donate blood. You got to give something in order to get something here. And so the frustration on the part of the open source communities is usually, hey, let's get that participation. We know for a fact that literally there are hundreds of thousands of uh, people out there downloading and using something like EdgeX as as with other open source packages. But you need to share in that responsibility for its creation. Uh, It gets better through the inputs of others joining the community. And I think what the misnomer a lot of people have, too, is, hey, I need to donate code in order to be a participant. No, that's not the case. Uh, We need to benefit from your use cases, understanding how the, the problems are going to be solved by the solution. We need the input in things like testing and documentation. We need people who know marketing and understand how to bring a message out so that we can improve uh, its outreach and get EdgeX into more hands and thereby uh, solve more use cases. So there's a lot of ways to contribute. And if you ask what's the biggest way we can improve EdgeX or any open source type of technology, whether it be an IoT or Edge space or any other, it's through participation and getting more people in there with their hands on. mean, just, just piggybacking off that, uh, you know, there. there's a cliche, I believe, uh, a rising tide lifts all
2: boats, right? So you know the the more we have that community to help us, especially in the uh, user experience and the developer experience because sometimes we're in an echo chamber you know i'm, a, I'm a, a software engineer at you know by trade we always think our code is right and you know we've developed exactly how it should run uh, but you'd be you'd be uh, surprised how some of the the assumptions that we make in developing our code can be hidden uh, to, to the to the end user and therefore providing a, a difficult user experience.
1: Yeah, and if I can add one thing, to maybe a, a shameless plug for Intel here on your Intel podcast, and that is, you know, that's why we just really enjoy the relationship we have with Intel. They've been just such a tremendous partner in the efforts here in EdgeX and um, our, our, our leading contributor today. And so uh, we'd like to see more companies take that path and follow in and their, their shining light.
0: So, Jim, specifically, you're talking about these changes, how has everything we've just heard really led you to the work you're doing today?
1: Yeah, so what we're doing today in in cooperation and and, uh, efforts with Intel, we're really trying to extend the platform, and uh, that is Ajax, and start to do what what I espouse, right? Add value on top, in particular... Um, what Intel has done a tremendous amount of work on is starting to bring things like camera and visual inference into the Edge and IoT story. And so now we're looking at how do we add that into the EdgeX picture? How do we add it into our IOTech solutions to help our customers bring that capability in? When you think about it, a camera is just another sensor, at least as far as we view it. Now it's in a sensor that provides the vision that's not something you get from you know a temperature sensor or a water sensor. It provides vision, and that vision has to be interpreted, like you and I do when we're when we're watching something on TV or even just you know driving down the street. So what we're doing is we're bringing uh, cameras into EdgeX, bringing the streams from those cameras into EdgeX, being able to detect things with visual inference attached to those uh, cameras, and this is where our partnership with Intel goes because they provide things like OpenVino which is the the visual inference runtime. They provide a product, a new product called Getty, which helps us build those visual inference models in the AI ML systems much more quickly and without the need of having a super data scientist or a super AI person out there to to get it done. Um, Somebody like me who can barely spell AI can actually generate a visual inference model to detect, for example, um, people in an area. Um, We don't need uh, rocket scientists anymore to do that and I can bring that to the edge and incorporate that as another sensor kit as part of our edge solution.
0: So piggybacking off of what we just heard from Jim, let me pose that same question to you Sean. What kind of work have you been doing based on you know what we've had in the conversation especially when it comes to cameras, camera management inferencing, that's a hot topic right now. So what work have you been doing on your side of things?
2: Great question, and a great softball pitch by Jim talking about how uh, Intel is also uh, expanding the platform and working with cameras, and also we're working with Intel's uh, Deep Learning Pipeline server and OpenVINO. So CMI, or Camera Master Inferencing, is a video analytics reference implementation that takes in video streams from USB cameras or IP cameras, uses Intel's Deep Learning Pipeline server for the models, and OpenVINO to perform video inferencing. And those results are sent back to the EdgeX platform and consumed by other sensors, as Jim mentioned, or applications uh, that are developed on the platform. Why is this important? It accelerates development. Sometimes we talk to companies who are, are particularly focused on the application layer. They want the data. They don't care how they get it. They don't want to be able to talk you know, a soap language to communicate and control cameras, or just the, the blocking and tackling that camera mass inferencing provides. They just say, hey, give me those inference results. Let me know that those results are accurate so I can start to actually develop applications on the northbound layer to solve my use cases. So the camera master inferencing can alleviate the time and resources that solution builders and developers would spend to try to figure out some of those, that low level connectivity. Kind of so by pushing you know, the the ball forward by providing, let's say, a percentage of 0 to 20, 0 to 40% of the solution already, um, developers can get to the market much faster on providing solutions that can help everyone.
0: So, let me ask this then, and this can be for either of you, feel free to jump in. Of course, you know, having a quick fix is great in some circumstances, but let's talk about the long-term benefits of end-to-end solutions for organizations?
2: Uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, The long-term benefit is, I kind of said it earlier, it's just faster time to market. If you have a solution that can talk to all these heterogeneous devices and it's a common platform, then it's easier to plug and play different devices to that platform. We know one solution can't solve it all. But if it has the flexibility to add on a sensor for temperature or add on a sensor for RFID, and all that data is sent back to one platform, then the nice buzzword is you have data fusion. And data fusion allows you to solve those complex use cases that you may not be thinking about now, but they'll, 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 they'll show up or you'll be thinking about them in the future. Jim, what do you think?
1: No, Sean's absolutely right. Um, faster market, um, easier to use, better scale. Uh, we're in this business because you're trying to really, at the edge in IoT space, you're really trying to solve one of three problems. You're trying to make money, Uh, You're trying to do things in a way that actually provides you avenues to a new market. You're trying to save money, save energy, save resources, or you're trying to, to protect and safeguard human life, animal life, whatever the case might be. So it's a faster way to one of those three things or hopefully multiple
0: things. So we know technology is always changing. So where do both of you see the IOT industry going, say in the next five to 10 years and how will that transform the industry?
1: Yeah, I could st- I'll i start that. I think, um, Michelle, the way I like to address that question is tell people that, well, I hope in five to 10 years, we're not addressing edge and IoT computing. It's just part of computing. Mm-hmm. It's just part of what we do. It's kind of like the way we think about our cell phones or the cloud today. Um, yeah, we do have cloud computing and, and we talk about you know computing uh, on a mobile app, but it's all just compute. And I think that's where we're heading. We're extending that which we do down to the furthest uh, areas of our world space, which are those small things and, and those dirty, hot, stinky places that nobody wants to go to with compute capability. So in five to 10 years, overall, I think it's just gonna be part of what every organization, what every company has to kind of think about, what every human is going to just have in their environment, in your kitchen, in your home. To get there, there are some things over the next five to 10 years, which we're gonna have to focus on to kind of overcome some challenges that we have today, based on where we're at. So things like security, right? If we are going to have everything in our world be controlled by this edge and IoT environment, which is an extension of our compute, we want to be safe about that. You don't want somebody who shouldn't have access to the data or shouldn't control things in your environment to be able to do so. So security is going to be a prime concern. Uh, we're going to have to think about, too, um, the current enterprise and, and where we think about the data and, and as Sean mentioned earlier, what has to move into a higher order up into the cloud or up in the enterprise and what stays local? Some things should be private and not moved. And oh, by the way, it's very expensive to move. So we have to think about the, the totality, the what we call the expanse of, of information flow from edge to cloud and think about what, what's right there and what's safe and what has to be kind of monitored and done. And then I think uh, finally, we have to think about deployment, the orchestration, the management of these edge solutions. Today, we're doing a lot of things with USB drives and, and driving people out to these hot, smelly, sticky places that we don't want to be. And that, that's costly and it's dangerous. Uh, we have to think about how we can manage, monitor, and, and take care of these edge solutions in a better way. Certainly, that's a problem that uh, IOtech is focused on to make, again, the whole end-to-end solution we talked about earlier um, better, stronger, faster. I agree. And uh, I just think, you know, it'll, it'll, as Jim
2: said, it'll be part of our everyday life, right? And so it'll work towards solving in five or 10 years. I think we'll be solving some of those really, really hard problems, some of those risky problems uh, more, like an example in healthcare and life sciences. So I think that's where some of those limits will be pushed uh, safely, obviously, the regulations. But um, that would be probably where I, I hope some of the innovation goes and some of the learning. Uh, goals for some of the things that we're doing and where we're solving now that um, are complex, but simple and and less uh, you know, life-risking. But take that and then evolve to where we can start doing some things in, in, in that space as well.
0: Wonderful. When it comes to learning more, I know some people out there might want to learn more about this conversation in hand. So let me ask this of both of you. Where could they go to find out more about what we're talking about here today?
2: Uh, I, can, I can give the short answer first. They can just uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, and there's a great video tutorial that talks about some of the camera management interfacing as a UI for, uh, it's running uh, on EdgeX and all their, their software applications. So if you go to YouTube, you can, uh, search, do a search on EdgeX on VIF uh, camera platform, and you, you'll be able to find like a 10 minute video, uh, that Jim and, and team uh, in conjunction with us kind of help create a, a very simple tutorial of how to get started on some of these, the, the smart technology and software that, that we're talking about today.
1: Yeah, I think for me, Michelle, first of all, thanks for for having us. Really enjoyed being on your program. And from, from an IOTech perspective, uh, a couple of things. IOTechSys.com, our website, EdgeXFoundry.org, the EdgeX website. And then uh, I'm older than Sean. Uh, so yeah, I do LinkedIn, but I still uh, pay attention to email. So Jim at IOTechSys.com is the way you can reach me.
0: Perfect. Io-Tech system CTO Jim White and Intel product engineer Sean Williams. I want to thank you both, Sean and Jim, for joining me today. I know our listeners Thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I did. It's it's so interesting to see where we're at from a technological standpoint and even more exciting to think of where we're going. So thank you so much for being here today for this conversation.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us, Michelle.
0: And we thank all of you for listening to the Edge and Beyond the series that makes sense of use cases across industries, brought to you by the Network and Edge Solutions Group. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. And once again, if you would like more information, you can subscribe to the podcast and be on the lookout for more information from the Network and Edge Solutions Group. Thanks again for joining us. We hope to see you soon.